challenge. And um, I, I talk to a lot of people that I have a lot of uh, respect for. I'm going to attempt uh, to be the oldest um, finisher in the Ironman class. The Baja 1000 is the, the, the granddaddy of them all, right? Million dollar trophy trucks all the way down to uh, motorcycles and quads. Most recently, I, I did the Nora 1000. When you're on a motorcycle, it's a very different story. We're moving to Cabo, right? So my son and I were like, okay, this is the desert. We need to ride. Today's podcast, Scott Purcell, he's our development manager, but we sat down and talked about a race, the Baja 1000, that he's going to embark on come November. It's going to be something that will break records. Take a listen and come and find out what he's going to do. So Scott, you know, you're going to be starting this race in what, two months? Yes, just over. And it, tell everyone what this race is all about. Well, it's the Baja 1000. It is the, uh, the longest uh, uh, cross-country off-road race point-to-point -point in the world. Some would say it's one of the most challenging, difficult races because it's not like Dakar where you race in the day, you sleep at night. This uh, particular one is different from anything they've ever done before. They, they normally mix it up. Normally it uh, uh, starts and finishes in Ensenada. Some years it starts in Ensenada and finishes in La Paz. Once it actually finished in Cabo San Lucas. But this year, for the first time ever, they're going to start it in La Paz and finish it in uh, Ensenada. And the thing that was intriguing to me about it was that Obviously, it's the only time they've ever done it, but they have a class called the Ironman class, which I think they created in 2013. Only a handful of guys have ever finished it. And the oldest guy to have ever finished was 54. I'm 56. So I love a challenge. And um, I, I talked to a lot of people that I have a lot of uh, respect for, yourself included, about the decision to do it. And uh, I was very much encouraged. So... I'm going to attempt uh, to be the oldest uh, um, finisher in the Ironman class, uh, the Baja 1000. So every year for this Ironman, how many people will enter? It's different. I think uh, last year was probably the highest number they had. I, I want to say they had around 20 or so participants, 20, 30 participants. Um, but typically only about 50% finish the race. And... So Baja 1000 has a lot of different categories. Yes, it does. So this is the Ironman, but specifically, what kind of vehicle are you on? I'm on a motorcycle in the Ironman class. And yeah, so the the overall is a SCORE International. This is the, the company that has hosts all the races and organizes all the races. So there's the, the San Felipe 250, there's the Baja 400, the Baja 500, and the Baja 1000. The Baja 1000 is the, the, the granddaddy of them all, right? There will be hundreds and hundreds of participants in this race, anywhere from monstrous trophy trucks with, you know, million dollar trophy trucks all the way down to uh, motorcycles and quads. And so a lot of participants. And all of them will start in La Paz this year and finish in Ensenada. That's correct, yeah. So they're going up the Baja. Exactly. As opposed to down the Baja. That's correct. And this is going to be your first time doing it. It'll be my first time in this, uh, in this length of a race, yes. And 
What other races have you participated in? Well, most recently, I, I did the Nora 1000, in, uh, which is a different race. It's a rally uh, navigation race. So you have a motorcycle with a rally tower in front. And on that tower, you have uh, some gauges that tell you different information, like uh, a, a rally computer that, that captures waypoints along the way. And you have this box that has a paper roll in it. And the paper roll is made up of three different compartments that have uh, directions. So you have to find your way. There's no marked course. They'll say at kilometer 10, you have to go right. And at kilometer 12, there's a danger in the road. You need to slow down. So you're basically finding your way. And that is an interesting type of race because it's not about who can hold the throttle open the longest. It's about who is the best navigator and um, who has the, the most uh, experience in navigation and the patience to pay attention to those instructions and not necessarily be on the gas all the time. And that was your last race? Yes. And how long is that race? That race is about 1,200 miles. It started in Ensenada. And over the course of five days, I traveled all the way down to San Jose. When you say Baja 1000, is that a thousand miles? It's a thousand miles. But actually, uh, when they do the point to point race, this will be probably somewhere around 1,200 miles. Okay. And in how much time are you completing it? I don't know yet. They haven't, um, they haven't issued the course yet. They'll do that at the end of the month. Probably somewhere between 40 and 50 hours to complete the race. And it's called Ironman because why? It's one rider, one motorcycle. Most of the entrants in the race, in all classes, they have different riders. So different drivers, different riders. So for example, the pro moto groups will have a number of riders and they'll take it in specific sections. So each rider has its, their own section that they practice over and over again. And they become very good at that one section. They get on the bike. They do that section, they hand the bike over to the next guy, or if it's in a car, the next driver. And so those participants are, we call them fresh riders, right? What's different about the Ironman is it's one rider, one bike, or one driver, one car. And so it's up to me to take it from the start to the finish over the course of 30 to 50 hours. And in that time, is it typical in non-Ironman runs that you drive in the evening, in the dark? Half of the race is in the dark. Okay. And the motorcycle class is typically when it's a long peninsula race like this, they'll start us in the wee hours of the morning, okay. anywhere between 12 and three in the morning. Okay. Uh, so it'll start out in the dark and then we'll go through the day and uh, the, the next night is all the way through the night, probably yeah, best case scenario finishing around daybreak the following day. And what's the challenge is, is it's dangerous because so usually at night is when the trophy trucks catch you. And these are monsters mm -hmm. where they have so many lights, it's like the sun coming up behind you, so you know when they're coming. But the challenge with that is the dust. Mm -hmm. So you, when they start passing you, you tend to make very little progress. So you have to pull over, get out of their way, mm -hmm. let them go by, and by the time the dust settles, here comes another one. Yeah. And so you're making very, very slow progress until the trophy trucks get past you, and then you can start making some more progress. Do the trucks go faster than the motorcycles? It depends on the section, but typically, yes. Yeah. So a lot of the course, uh, depending on the year and what the course is, they'll have sections with whoops. Whoops are these, these bumps that are anywhere up to three feet deep, and it's, they're created by the wheel action on, on these, these vehicles. And so trophy trucks have 
you know, three foot suspension travel. And so they can go a hundred miles an hour over whoops and you can see the wheels dancing right. and the drivers are like this, totally steady, right? But when you're on a motorcycle, it's a very different story. If the bike is going up and down and your legs and your elbows are your suspension, so it wears you out really quickly. And you're gonna do this for a day, day and a half? A uh, day and a half, yes. Oh my gosh, and do you sleep? Uh, no, typically not. Uh, there will be programmed rest stops where I might take an hour. Um, you know, if all things worked out, that would be, well, the trophy trucks are coming, so I could take a little break while that happens. But, you know, the logistics have yet to be planned because we don't know what the course is yet. So I'll have um, a chase crew support team that will be meeting me at various highway sections as I exit the dirt and get onto the highway to transit to the next section of dirt. Are you allowed to use multiple motorcycles? No. It has to be. No, it has to be the same motorcycle. You can change parts, like if you have, you know, uh, I'll be changing wheels and tires uh, if you need to change suspension or if you have a radiator that blows. All of that is okay. What you can't change is the engine mm. transmission. So a lot of times they will mark the engine and transmission so that it can't be changed. Okay. And if you do, some races allow a change, but it's a huge penalty to do so. Time. They basically add time to your... Yes, exactly. Run time? Right. Okay, and can you have your crew helping you change the equipment? I'm relying on them to do it because well, I'm not going to be in a condition where I'm getting off the bike and then wrenching on the bike. There's just, I need to reserve my energy for, for moving forward. And how many people are in the crew? Uh, right now, probably uh, four people. Uh, I've got a lot of support from very close friends. One is a mutual friend, Rob Smith. Yeah. Um, Steve Johnson. Uh, Fabricio Barreto, who owns Baja Ride uh, uh, Off-Road Adventures, and uh, Carl Armbrust, who is a retired fireman from California, who is kind of an emotional back, emotional back, uh, back, uh, back uh, support, uh, support yeah. for me, yes. Have any of them done the Baja 1000? Yeah, so Rob has done it, I think, five times. Carl has done it a number of times. Um, Fab has been involved in a lot of off-road racing. He's participated in racing, and uh, and Steve is is a very experienced rider as well. Have any of them done the Ironman? No. And if you were to guess, how many people since 2013 have completed? Um, I would guess probably somewhere around 20 or so. 20. Yeah. And all male? Are there any female riders? There was a female, yes. Uh, I think it was in 2018. Wow. I think her name is Liz. She's amazing. Just and she completed it. She completed it, yeah. She's a badass. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I, I watched a series of movies called Into the Dust where Larry Janeski, who is holds the current record for the oldest uh, person to complete the Iron Man. Still, still around? Still, yeah, absolutely. Um, Larry, I think, set that record, I want to say, in 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, and his son, Tanner, uh, won the Iron Man class last year. Yeah. And... Is he going to be in the race I, with you? I don't know. Don't know. This is, this is really interesting. It I is, mean, yeah. the subculture of the off-roading, whether it's yes. motorcycles or the, the buggies. Um, when did you get started in this? Um, I grew up uh, around motorcycles with my brothers when I was very little. Um, I got back into street bikes when I was in my 20s and then away from it until about 2016. 
Okay, so we're moving to Cabo, right? So my son and I were like, okay, this is the desert. We need to ride. Right. <laughs> and so I got back into it and kind of like a duck to water, it just, it just drew me in. And there's something about the Baja that is such a magical attraction of the Baja. And over the years that I've ridden up and down the peninsula, everything that I've experienced, the people, the culture, the land, it's just, it's, it's amazing. What about, tell everyone about your wallet situation. <laughs> this is amazing, and yeah, it, it speaks to exactly what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly, so, you know, if you want to have your faith in humanity restored, this is a great story. So, it was uh, the, the Nora 1000. This was just this year in uh, April and May. I was on, it was day three, going from uh, Guerrero Negro to Loreto, and Got to San Ignacio to get gas. Um, I filled up with gas, kept my wallet in my right pocket, paid for the gas, put my wallet back in my pocket. Turns out I forgot to zip my pocket. So I get into the course. I'm around this little, uh, between San Ignacio and San Juanico, there's a little fishing village called El Datil. Um, unbeknownst to me at the time, my wallet flies out on this dirt road somewhere. Lost forever. I didn't realize it until... I got to San Juanico and I, I, I got gas. I reached into my pocket to pay for the gas that I've already gotten. And I, oh my God, I have no money, I have no wallet. Right. And there was a spectator, an amazing guy. And uh, he says, don't worry about it. I'll cover you, pay for it. And uh, I will offer my race. I got his information and uh, I carried on the way, got my gas. And so a day passes. And I, I get all these WhatsApp, uh, Facebook messengers, uh -huh. all these people. And I got a, uh, a message on WhatsApp because my business card was in my wallet. Well, Belen Lopez, who lives in Datil, found my wallet and went to great lengths to find me, to reach out to me, to return my wallet to me. Interesting story is I, I had to finish the race and the next day I drove up six hours to San Juanico. She came down from Datil and met me and gave me my wallet back. It was just, she didn't have to do that. No. You know, there was money in the wallet. She could have kept it, uh, there were credit cards in there, you know, everything. But she didn't do that. She decided to give my wallet back to me and it was just amazing. I learned about it because someone messaged me because of your business card and said, I think this is someone that works at Roni Vol. Yes. And I messaged you and you're like, I know you were telling me that a bunch of people were already in contact with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's unbelievable because I had already started the process to, you know, replace my FM3 and all of that. So it's just, you know, when you lose your wallet, that's a pain, right? Yeah. No. That's but that's an incredible story. What are you scared about? in this race coming up? Um, it's, there's too much going on right now for me to, to generate any fear, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my concerns are mainly around logistics and preparations. So it's, it's an extreme test of endurance and I need to make sure that my physical fitness is, is at a level it needs to be, um, that my training is at a level it needs to be but most of all, I think it's important to understand that I'm not trying to get on the podium. I'm not trying to win a trophy. I'm trying to complete the race because with a 50% rate of attrition, just completing the race in this class is a big deal. And so to, for me, that's my primary focus. If anything else happens beyond that, great.
When's the race? The pre-run starts, pre-running starts two weeks before the race, uh, the 1st of November, and the race starts on the 16th. So in the wee hours of the morning on the 16th, I will begin this, this epic adventure. If people want to physically watch it, mm -hmm. where would they, how would they do that? Do well, they, different points? Okay. Yeah, so the course map will be published. You can go to Score International on their website and uh, the entire course will be mapped out. You can pick a spot to go watch it. You can go to La Paz and, and see the beginning because it's going to be, there's a, a lot of action at the start line. It's a huge production. And I would imagine it's going to be on the Malacan in La Paz. And what's really cool is to watch the trophy trucks. These monsters are incredible. They usually start them around six hours or so after they start the bikes to give us a good head start so we can get some uh, distance between us and the trucks. But they usually catch up with you? It seems they always catch up with the bikes at night. Okay. Now the pro moto guys, the guys who are the professionals, sometimes they overall the race. They'll actually finish before the first trophy truck gets there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, Scott, thanks for cluing us in yeah. on your latest adventure. Thank you. Good luck. Thank I know you. we're we talk every day almost. Yeah. And anything that I can help you with, I know we're sponsoring your run. Yes among you know your friends and other people yes. um but bring home the trophy <laughs> the trophy in the sense of being the yeah the finisher's medal the finisher's medal yeah that's what i'm after right. yeah thanks scott thank you for your support you got it and until the next one bye for now cool awesome thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the nick fong podcast Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ronaval Real Estate. And follow Nick on Instagram at NickFong underscore Ronaval. Ready to find your Baja dream home? Check out the latest property listings at Ronaval.com or findmexicohouses.com. Hasta luego.